How many enjoy Thanksgiving? It's like your, your favorite time of the year. I was telling Carissa yesterday, I said, my stomach is beginning to look like the before picture. Like, I really do need to go on a diet, and we're going into Thanksgiving, so I'm going to eat everything I want to, and then we need to come up with a plan, because I need some help. I love Thanksgiving. Um, I love uh, gathering together. Chris and I haven't been around family in years, you know, so our family is here, and then we get invited by uh, people in the church to spend time with them, so it's, it's pretty special for us as well. How many would consider, you consider yourself to be a thankful person? Raise your hand. Okay. How many people know that you need to work on being thankful? Raise your hand. Because you're my crowd. Like all my life, I needed to work on being thankful. I was going to do, I was going to go in the direction of science, you know, and, and the benefits of Thanksgiving. And I decided that I would just look online for some statistics So I I happened upon a 2014 Facebook data analytics survey. And uh, what they did is they said in 2014, they put the one thing each state was thankful for. You ready? I'm not going to go through all 50. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Oregon was thankful for yoga. California was thankful for YouTube. Nevada was thankful for country music. That kind of threw me off. I thought it would be, you know, anything else. Um, Alabama was thankful for God's forgiveness. And there's a lot of different ways you could go with that thought, right? Nebraska for thunderstorms. Now, you guys know what sometimes happens with thunderstorms. All right. Iowa. How many Iowans do we have here? Unicorns. No. (laughs) Just kidding. Sunsets. Sunsets. That's special. So we have entered into Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is not just a week. It's not just a day. It's the way that we're supposed to live. And so today's message really is pretty short. We're going to take a little bit of time at the end, and we're going to take some time, and we're going to thank God. But the one thing that I want more than anything else is that we become a people who practice thanksgiving. Because for some people, it's not a natural bent. It's not something that just comes naturally. And I want to be a church that thanks God. So when people come here, I want them to experience God. I want them to sense his presence, but I also want them to experience a people who are thankful for who he is. Because we can go through the motions of Christianity. I don't want that. And so I'm going to get into it a little bit in the story, but for most of my life, I just wasn't thankful. And I'm going to share the reasons behind that. So if you would, would you stand with me today? We're going to read from John 5. John 5, 1 through 9, let's read. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, 
paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that that day was the Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. I pray, God, that you would challenge us, God, uh, to live life internally and not externally. I pray, God, that you would challenge us, God, to, to praise you and to be thankful for every aspect of our life, God, for you and everything that we have. And may we see it. May we be aware of it, God, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So today's message is called The Practice of Gratitude, and there's only two points. Number one, the position of gratitude. The position of gratitude. Salvation finds us at our worst. So most of us look at our lives for what we wish we had or what we want, instead of actually looking through the lens of what we've received. I, uh, how, many, how many people have been saved for more than 10 years? You've accepted Christ and you've been a Christian for over 10 years. How many have been a Christian for over 20 years? Do you remember where you came from? Do you remember what kind of person you were? Do you remember what you came out of? Because this is, for me, this is a picture of salvation. God finds us at our worst. Jesus looks for us at our worst when we're incapacitated and we can't do anything about our spiritual condition and he still looks for us. This is salvation. And so this man is lying near this pool hoping to get in the water. He wants healing. And how many know that God sometimes shows up when we least expect? So many times we think it's all about what we're doing. God's got a plan, y'all. It's not based on you, thank God, right? So this man has been lying in this position for 38 years. He has, he, he has been incapacitated, he is paralyzed, and for 38 years he's been here. John 5, 5 says, now a certain man was there and he had infirmity for 38 years. That's 13,870 days. That's a long time to be in this condition. I'm sure he needed help. I'm sure this has become the only thing that he knows is the way that he's living now. He's coming to expect that every day is going to be like the next day that he had previously. And here's what I want us to know is that we've all been conditioned. This is a conditioned identity for him. We've all been conditioned in several ways. Sometimes we're conditioned by the home that we grew up in. Sometimes we've been conditioned by our experiences. Sometimes we've been conditioned by our perspective. Sometimes we've taken on somebody else's narrative. 
Somebody we've, sometimes we've taken on somebody else's words, and now that becomes our reality because perception is reality. We've all been conditioned. For the man, it was a physical thing. It was literally he was paralyzed. And people had to lay him on this mat near the pool, and he was helpless to get into the water. And for him, that was the only means of healing. How many of that Jesus knows this man's condition and seeks him out? I think it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't go to that pool to heal everybody. He went for that man. He went for that man in that condition. So where this man knew, the only thing that he knew, there was no answer. Jesus showed up as the answer. This is what salvation looks like. And this is one of the main reasons why we are so thankful. Because regardless of where we came from, Jesus forgives us, he restores us, he redeems us. I've never told this story publicly. But I always remember where I came from. And the condition that Jesus found me in. I really shouldn't be here. I really shouldn't be here. I remember I had been drinking and was way beyond just drinking. And I was driving with a friend, and we were on a, a road on the highway. And uh, you know how you get in, you don't talk anymore, and you're just kind of driving. Well, I actually fall asleep. I began to nod off, and my friend, and we were beginning to go off the road, and my friend touched my arm, and I woke up, and I brought it back onto the road. That's what I remember where I came from. So if God doesn't do anything else for me, if I don't get all my dreams, I remember where I should be and what God did for me. And that's salvation. None of us deserve anything. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died. That's salvation. That's salvation. But how many know that it's not just about salvation? Jesus will show up in every condition of your life for the rest of your life. So even after salvation, if you've got an issue, if you've got a problem, if you've got something that you can't seem to move past, Jesus is always going to show up in that condition as well. In the place where you get stuck, in the the family issue, in the lust, in the anger, in the resentment, in the bitterness, in the experience, in the abuse, all the things that you can't seem to get past, Jesus wants to show up in your condition. In the very place that you can't seem to move forward in, Jesus shows up in your condition. And here's the thing, most of us can only see a couple of answers, just like that man lying on that mat. The only way he thought he could be healed was to get into the water. And Jesus shows up. But here's the thing. Jesus sees the man, knew his condition, knew how long he had been in the position, and he asks the man a question. It's a strange question if you just look at it from a a very top level. He said, do you want to be made well? You've heard of people who are are coming out of prison, and some of them don't want to leave. 
because it is the only thing they know. But he asks us, do you want to be made well? And the man said, I don't have a way to get into the water. That's not what Jesus asked. Jesus asks an internal question, and the man gives an external reason why he's not healed. Do you want to be made well? I can't get in the water. Let me, let me tell you. So Jesus, imagine him coming to you in that condition. And he says, hey, do you want to be made well? And you go, yeah, but you know what happened to me 20 years ago. Do you want to be made well? Yeah, but you know the family that I come from. Do you want to be made well? Well, you know I've been living with disappointment for a long time. That's not the question that he's asking. Do you want to be made well? Sometimes we've been conditioned for so long, it is all we can see. And Jesus is asking, do you want to be made well? This is one of the reasons why sometimes we're not thankful, y'all, because we can only focus on what we don't have or what we wish would happen or we don't have an answer But how many know thankfulness doesn't come from the outside? It's something that is birthed from the inside. There's a story I read a number of years ago. It's a true story. And a man was talking to his psychologist. And he said there was a day at work that he received a phone call from his wife. And he was older. And he said his wife said, congratulations, honey, we're pregnant. And he said it was bittersweet. He said, because in my mind, I, you know, life is precious, but at the same time, the only thing I could think of is another mouth to feed. I, was, I wanted to retire. Now all the medical bills, all, you know, schooling, all this kind of stuff, it, it shifted his life, and it kind of made him a little bitter about the whole thing. And he said a couple of years goes by, and he's standing at his window And his house is next to a pond, and he looks out in the pond, and he sees his two-year-old face down in the pond. And he runs outside, and he runs to the pond, and he leaps into the pond, and he grabs his son and takes him to the the shore. He begins to breathe into him. The ambulance was called. They transport him to the hospital. And he doesn't know what's going to happen. They don't know if he lives, if if he's going to be brain damaged. They don't know anything. And he gets his son back and they said, we don't know how this happened, but your son is alive and he has no issues. He said, I went back to my job and every single day I would look out the the window and I'd go, thank you God that I get to provide for my family. Thank you God that I have a job. Thank you God that now I'm going to be able to raise my son. What changed? It was perspective. And there's some people who were locked in to something on the outside of us when in reality Thanksgiving comes from within. And my question this morning as a church, a church family, as individuals, do you want to be thankful? Do you want to live a life of thanksgiving? The position of gratitude is Jesus died for us and he'll continue to meet us in any condition we find ourselves in. We can count on it. Number two, the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude. I want to take you to Luke 17, 11 through 19. 
This is the, the story of the ten lepers. It says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Now you have to understand, in that culture, leprosy was a skin disease. And part of the way they handled this in the religious community was to make them an outcast. So they could have no contact, family, with people. They had to stand out on the edge of the city. And if anybody passed by them, they would have to cry out, unclean. Just so that everybody knew they were unclean and they were, they were unapproachable. And so these men are standing afar off and they're crying out to Jesus. It says they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And that word in Greek, cleansed, means it's a ceremonial cleansing. In other words, their skin cleared up, but now they had access to community again. They could go back to their family again. They could go to church again. Their lives had been changed in an instant. They were cleansed. And it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, this word healed actually means physically healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Can I stop for just a moment and say, when we show up in church, sometimes I know there's always people going, God, why are they so loud? Why is that person always dancing? Why? Because this is their way of worship. All right, now don't be getting all out here. Keep it in your lane. But at the same time, they're going, thank you, God, for life change. Thank you for being my Savior. And so I can't imagine what it was like to be a leper, outcasted, nobody. I, I couldn't have contact with my family. I couldn't have interaction with people. I was considered diseased and unclean and separate. And here's the thing, is they were being obedient and, and, and they were going to the priest like they were supposed to. But this one guy, there was something in his heart that made him return to Jesus. It says, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, so he wasn't even a Jewish person. He was somebody that was considered actually a half-breed. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But, there, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. That word well is not just physical healing. It's sozo, which is wholeness, entire healing. So it was physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Because the man returned in thanksgiving, it did something internally to save him. Let me tell you why it's important. Because most of us think if we can get over there, life will be okay. If I can get this, it'll be okay. If I can get the relationship, if I can get the job, if I can get the house, if I can get this ailment fixed, everything's going to be okay. But I want to tell you something. You can be healed and not be whole. And you can be whole even when you're not healed. 
Let me tell you what I mean. You can be single and be whole. You can be married without children and still be whole. You can, as a Christian, you don't have to accomplish great things and still be whole. And sometimes we, we put our, our heart or our focus on something out there. But every time I find myself getting there, there's a new set of problems that I've got to deal with. And I've had to learn how to be thankful. The power of gratitude. Gratitude reveals the condition of our soul. Thanksgiving does something on the inside of us. There have been seasons in my life where I felt entitled to things from God. Anybody ever been there? Well, God, you said in your word. Well, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for 15 years or 20 years or five years. Why am I not getting blessing, God? Why are these things happening to me? You should have protected me. You should, and the list is endless. And I found myself entitled. Well, here's the thing. You can't be entitled and thankful. Those two things can't be in the same space. So God sent me a wife that is thankful. She is thankful. And here's the thing. I, when I married into her, or married into her family and into the way they did life, I saw something totally different. She was thankful when the wind blew. She was thankful when she got the parking spot. She was thankful when somebody brought her a coffee. She was thankful just all the time thankful. She, do you guys know Winnie the Pooh? She was Tigger. She was Tigger all the time. She's still Tigger now. All the time, thankful, thankful, thankful. And I was Eeyore. Well, you know God didn't really do that for you. That was me. That was me. I was always being logical, trying to explain everything away. And she would dismiss me, and she would just be happy and thankful all the time. And here's the thing. We walked through a bunch of junk, but she was always going, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. She gave me a picture of what wholeness looks like. Life is not going to be perfect, but we have choice. So here's the thing. Gratitude is our responsibility in partnering with hope. Being thankful is our responsibility in partnering in hope with what God wants to do. And we offer a sacrifice of praise. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to have a life that is thankful for what God does regardless of the circumstances. I want to be part of a church that regardless of the ups and downs uh, of church world, that we walk into the doors and we're thankful and we go to small groups and we're thankful all the time because that is God's will for us. I gave you an index card. I want you to take a moment and I want you to begin to write down the things that you're thankful for. If you don't know how to write because you only have a phone now and you've lost the ability, then use your phone 
to type in things in your notes about what you're thankful for and do it now. I want you to begin to write down as many things as you can think of. God, you're good. God, you're for us. Thank you, God, for grace. Thank you, God, for healing. Thank you, God, for family. Thank you, God, that you meet us in our condition. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that you restore marriages. Thank you, God, you're faithful. Thank you, God, for coffee in the morning. One of the things, and y'all think I'm crazy, I worked in the medical field for a little bit. One of the things that I do every single day is I thank God I can go to the bathroom. So every time I go to the bathroom, I go, thank you, God, I can go to the bathroom. Thank God for everything, everything. So what do I, what do I want you to do with this? Because here's the thing. If we're being honest, some of us really withhold our thanks. But if you were to take a, a step back and look at our life, we have so many things to be thankful for. We could fill that card and two cards and five cards. Here's what I want you. I want you to put it somewhere where every single day you're looking at it and you're adding to it. God, I'm thankful that I have a mirror to look at. I'm thankful, God, that I have hair gel to put in my hair. I'm thankful, God, that I have a job. I'm thankful that I have a place, a house that I can live under. Thank you, God, that I have food to eat. Thank you, God, for family, for friends, for a church. Thank you, God, that I live in a free country. I want you to add to the list, and honestly, a hundred times a day, 200 times a day, you should be going, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm not dead yet. That means there's hope. Thank you, God. So here's what I want us to do right now. I want you to put that aside. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I want us just to begin to thank God. I don't want it to be from our head. I honestly want you to go, God, this is from my heart. And I want to thank you for all that you are. They're going to lead us in worship. But I want us to have a moment where we just thank God for who he is and all that he's done for us. Would you stand to your feet?
want you to make uh, just a, a covenant with God, if you will, that you're going to be a person of thanksgiving. Thank you and thanksgiving should always be on our lips. It should, because we are the beneficiaries of grace. We didn't deserve anything. And yet Jesus found us to save us, and now he meets us all the time in whatever condition or, or, or state of being that we find ourselves in. Here's what I would like to do. Um, we're going to open up the, the altar for people to be prayed for. But can we go out with praise? Will you take time to thank other people who have made a difference in your life? Will you begin to practice Thanksgiving? Put it on your mirror. Uh, and when you get ready in the morning, put it in your car. But every single day, practice Thanksgiving. Church, we have a lot to be thankful for. Let me pray for you. I pray, God, your blessing upon this church, God. I pray that your presence will always be here. And God, we celebrate, we honor your name, we honor the person of Jesus. And God, may our mouths reflect what we believe and what we say. We bless you, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. God bless you.